Hey, Lake Oma, it's good to be here with you guys today. So excited to be here with you the Sunday before Christmas. Man, I, I can't believe it's the Sunday before Christmas, you know, December 20th. Man, I don't know about you guys, but this year has just kind of flown by. Christmas kind of snuck up on me this year. Um, you know, it's been such a crazy year. You know, COVID has just really made this year so weird. You know, we've, and it's not just that we had such a strange and different election because of it. You know, the summer we had all of the racial tensions and st stuff like that is still going on. And, you know, our world is just so, so crazy right now. You know, church has been crazy too. You know, I, I, we, we've been singing with these acapella tracks in the background, which makes singing really weird. You know, we wear masks at church when we sing. One of the things that I think has been the probably one of the worst things about about 2020 has been that we've had to drink those really bad, you know, prepackaged communion things with the styrofoam with the styrofoam bread and just it's so nasty, so gross. I hate it. You know, we you know we haven't had Bible class. It's just been weird. Abby and I were actually talking the other night. You know, we're coming to the end of our first full year of ministry. It's at the end of January, but you know, we were kind of talking. You know. This year, one third of it, we've been online. One third of this of our first year of ministry, we didn't come to the church building on a Sunday morning to worship together. And you know, what? When is that ever going to happen? Like that just doesn't happen. Who would have thought? You know, and you know, with Christmas being this Friday, you know, I was thinking about all of these things and just how much of a damper it's been on my Christmas season. You know, you know. Because of this pandemic, you know, I haven't been able to go to Christmas parties with my friends. You know, the youth group has a Christmas party that Abby and I planned, but, you know, a, a student tested positive in Abby's class. And so we, we didn't even get to go to the youth group Christmas party that we were in charge of. It, you know, it's crazy. You know, we haven't gotten to go Christmas caroling um, with, with our families. You know, there's a good chance we won't even get to see some of our family members um, this season. You know, one of my favorite things about about Christmas is getting to go to the mall. It's it's just getting to go to the mall and shop for all of my gifts, for all of my loved ones. And, you know, I hearing the Christmas music in the back, getting to see other people doing the same. And I didn't even get to do that. All of my shopping this season has been online. And I hate online shopping. It's It's one of my least favorite things to do. You know, with all of this 2020 fatigue building up and my usually very Merry Christmas attitude being all but diminished this year, I found myself scrolling through social media one night in especially bad attitude. And, you know, I came across a post from a church that I follow. You know, they just put really good social media content out. And it was talking about Advent, about Advent, you know. As a person in the Church of Christ, Advent isn't something that I feel like, at least in my experience, you know, I've really talked about and focused on. Um, you know, if you've ever been to a Catholic church or you're raised Catholic or in some other kind of high church, you know, Advent is a big part of this Christmas season. You know, when you think about the traditions and the prayers, and I, I just, I didn't know about those things. And I, I knew that the Advent and this Christmas season is a celebration of Jesus' birth, his arrival to earth. But other than that, I really didn't know much. And so I started looking into it. And, you know, I came across something I really didn't know. Maybe maybe that's just me being dumb. But, you know, I came across that there are actually four themes to Advent. You know, those themes are hope, peace, joy and love. And, you know, you focus on a different theme each week. There's four weeks leading up to Christmas. And, 
you focus on one of these themes each week in a while, all of them, I think, are so, so awesome to think about this year. Hope is what really stuck out to me. Hope. One of my favorite books, and really just one of the best books of all time, is, is Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. I'm sure a lot of you guys have read it, heard of it at least. I was required to read it in high school, but you know it actually became one of the best books I've ever read. You know, if you've never read the book, you know, Frankel, you know, he's he's one of the Jews who spent many years in a constant a World War II concentration camp. And, you know, as many of us know, this was just such a terrible experience. And and terrible is not even a great word. Horrific experiences is a better word to describe this. And you know, Frankel, you know, he talks about his own personal experience, but one of the things that he really focuses on is what he realizes about others, about others during this time. You know, he explains that while everyone suffered, those who were more likely to survive were those who had specific psychological resistance methods. You know, Frankel is a, is a psychiatrist, and so, you know, he focuses on these things and realizes that the people that managed to survive, that, or at least had more, um, that were more likely to survive, had rich inner lives, future-oriented goals, and the discovery of meaning in their suffering. You know, they had hope, and that gave their life meaning and helped them survive. Now, you might find yourself saying, you know, Austin, 2020, it's not the Holocaust. And, and yes, you would be correct. You know, 2020, for, for most of us, if not all of us, it's never going to be like that. You know, it's not going to be... That things, but you know, there's still something to be learned from Frankel's realizations and from how he and many other of these prisoners survived. For many of us, 2020, it's been a real hope killer. You know, we may have lost a reason to push on, reasons to work, to love, to do things that we used to love to do. Maybe we've even lost hope in God, put our faith and our spiritual lives on hold. For some people that I've talked to, it's just died altogether. But as we enter this Christmas season, as we enter into a time of remembrance of Jesus' advent, his arrival into this world, I want to take some time to talk about biblical hope and hopefully encourage all of us, myself included, to choose hope during years like 2020 and for all of the rest of the years that we may live after this one, good or bad. I hope that we can have hope during this Christmas season. Is That's what this season is all about. It's all about reminding us of hope. And so what is hope? And a side note, I want to just put this out there. You know, these thoughts today, they're, they're heavily influenced by the Bible Project's talks on the Advent themes. If you haven't heard of the Bible Project, look them up on YouTube, look up their website. You know, they, they're very, they have lots of very encouraging things to say and to talk about when it comes to these Advent themes. And so go look them up. But what is hope? For many of us at this time of year, you know, we think about opening up Christmas gifts. You know, that, that feeling of giddiness, that feeling of joy, you know, that feeling of anticipating something that's just going to make our life so much better. Um, you know, you want that awesome gift, that, that thing. And, you know, that's hope. That's the feeling of hope. It's a state of anticipation. Like Frankel acknowledged, it's, it's crucial to human, healthy human existence. And hope is also a huge theme in the Bible. 
In fact, there are lots of words that are used to describe hope in the ancient language. In the Old Testament, there are two main words translated as hope. The first word is yahal, and it simply means to wait for. When we, when we hear the story of, of Noah and, and, you know, the flood, we get to see that as these waters are receding, that Noah had to yahal or wait for these waters to recede. The other word that we get is quava, uh, which also means to wait. You know, and quava is directly related to the, to the word qua, which means cord. And so when you think about a cord being pulled, you know, we get to see this cord being pulled. If you ever pulled a bungee cord or rope or just a cord, you get to see it tighten up and resist until it snaps and breaks and that all of that tension is released. You know, this is quava, the feeling of tension and expectation as you wait for something to happen. In Isaiah 5, the prophet depicts God as a farmer who plants vines and quavas for good grapes. The prophet Micah talks about how farmers both quava and yahal for the morning dew to give moisture to the land. So for these ancient people, hope was about waiting or expectation. You know, but what are they waiting for? Many of us know that during the time of the prophets, Israel was just in a really bad place. You know, they kept self-destructing. Sin was rampant, um, and it was going to lead them into a time of enslavement. And so Isaiah knew this. In Isaiah eight seventeen, he said, I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the descendants of Jacob. I will put my trust in him. For Isaiah, the only hope that he had during these days was for God himself. And we see this kind of waiting, this kind of waiting for God used in the book of Psalms over 40 times. And in almost every circumstance, what the people were waiting for is God himself. Like in Psalm 130, the verse that Lincoln read for us this morning, the poet cries out from a pit of despair and says in verse 5 through 7, I will wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. The poet is saying that he is going to wait for the Lord because the Lord is loyal and will redeem Israel of their sins. You know, biblical hope, it's based on a person. It's based on God. It's based on Jesus, which makes it very different from optimism. I've heard, had so many conversations with people this year saying, it's impossible to be optimistic. And, you know, optimistic is, optimism is choosing um, to see the good in any circumstance, and, or at least how the good is going to come from a circumstance. You know, in biblical hope, it's not focused on a circumstance. In fact, hopeful people in the Bible often acknowledge that you know, there's no evidence things are going to get better. There were hopeful people that lived their entire life knowing that optimism just wasn't there. But they chose hope anyway. Like the prophet Hosea he lived during the dark time when Israel was being oppressed by foreign, foreign empires, and he chose hope when he said in chapter 2, verse 15, he says, There I will give her back her vineyards and will make the valley of Accor a door of hope. There she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt. You know, he's saying 
that God is going to turn a valley of trouble into a door of hope, just like he did in Egypt. God had surprised those people with redemption in the Exodus, and he could do so again. So it's God's past faithfulness that motivates hope for the future. You look forward by looking backward, trusting in none other than God's character. It's like the poet in Psalm 39 says, But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. So let's put all of this together. Jesus' advent, his arrival, his birth, fulfilled all of these ancient people's hopes. You know, they've been waiting on this, hoping for this. And here comes Jesus. And this Christmas season is a time to remember that, to remember that, that this hope that these ancient people had, it was fulfilled. You know, they'd been waiting for this arrival for hundreds of years, and Christ arrived, and it's proof to them that God's character and his promise are perfect. And this is such a joyous time, such a great time, because we get to see the people like the shepherds and the Magi come and bring gifts to Jesus. We get to see people like Simeon, who in Luke 3, you know, we get to see that he would not die until he saw this Savior and we get to see that this hope is fulfilled. It's such an amazing time because, you know, God had sent them a redeemer, somebody who is going to lift them from this bondage and that this promise was kept to them. And at the time they didn't know, but Jesus' arrival on earth was, was with such a mission that was so much more to do than just saving them from the bondage of other nations. You know, it's, it's a freedom from the bondage of sin. Jesus' arrival, his death, and his resurrection were God's response to our slavery to sin. You know, we get to see that Jesus lives his life, that he dies on the cross, that he raises again on the third day. You know, this empty tomb opens up a new door to hope. The Apostle Peter says that the resurrection opened up a living hope, Jesus. And this hope isn't just for humans. The Apostles tell us that what happened at the resurrection was a foretaste of what God had planned for the whole universe. In Paul's words in Romans 8, it's a hope that creation will be liberated from slavery to corruption and to freedom when God's children are glorified. So Christian hope, it's old. It's waiting for humanity and the whole universe to be rescued from evil and death. Some might say it's crazy, but like we said earlier, this hope isn't optimism based on the odds. It's a choice to wait for God to bring about a future that is as surprising as a dead man coming back to life. Christian hope looks back to the risen Jesus in order to look forward. And so for those of us that are struggling to have hope during this Christmas season, because of all of the things that 2020 you know, has done, all the things that have gone wrong, all the crazy things that have happened. You know, as we think about Jesus' birth, I pray that we remember that his birth, you know, it, it gave these ancient people hope and that by him living his life, we get to see that he dies and that we still have a living hope today. You know, we still have a means to hope. It didn't just stop at the arrival you know, Jesus' arrival wasn't just meant to save these Israelites from bondage of other nations. It's meant to free everybody. And I pray that 
like we said, you know, we're able to look back. I know we're told it's it's bad to dwell on the past, but God, but people, I pray that we are able to to dwell on God's promises, to look back at all of the ways that God's promises have been have been fulfilled. You know, I've, I we look at the from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the end. You know, God's promises just is one continuous promise being answered over and over and over again to so many different people. You know, when I look at my life, I get to see that God has answered and his promise remains true in my life. For all of us, I pray that you look back on your own life, that you are able to see that the promises of God, that they're perfect. And that that perfect promise still gives us hope, even in a time when it feels so, so hard to have hope. So this morning as we celebrate and remember Jesus' birth, I pray that no matter how bad 2020 has been, that we continue to choose to have hope. That we continue to choose to wait on Jesus to arrive again. You know, our situation might be bad right now, and it may be hard to be optimistic, but we have a living hope that is perfect. God has remained true to his promises in so many ways, and we can still rest and find peace in that promise this Christmas season. Let's pray together. God, as we are entering into this Christmas season, this, um, it's coming to an end, God, I pray that we continue to find hope and find peace in, in this Advent, in this arrival, God. God, I know that 2020 has been a year of, of, of just, it's been hard to be hopeful. But God, we know that there's something more waiting for us, that your promises are perfect and that we have a hope of something better, something that beats 2020 to the, and really any, even the best of years down, God. I pray that we find rest in that and that we continue to choose to hope in Jesus even when it's hard. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope to see you guys soon.